Well, guys, the first half of 2023 is behind us. And wow, what a wild ride it has been. There's been a lot of economic uncertainty, to say the least. Uh, people have lost jobs and started new jobs. Uh, you have just an overall sense of unsettledness combined with some optimism, with some new technology, and lots of momentum too. So it's been a mixed bag. And um, we thought it would be a good idea to take this episode as a reset. Let's take a step back and let's talk about how to assess your marketing program, how things are going, and some quick hits that you might want to consider taking to boost growth as we roll into the second half of the year, particularly if the first half didn't go so well. So listen to this episode for new ideas and also know that you're not alone if you are struggling with algorithm changes and GA4 and economic uncertainty. We are here with you. We hear it. We feel it. And um, let's see if we can't roll into the second half of the year more successful together. Let's do this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in reaching technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues, friends, and clients of mine who will stop by to share their stories. And I hope that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief shout out to my agency, True Marketing. True is a full service agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Content Marketing Engineered. I'm joined today by Lee Chapman, president of True Marketing, and a person who's been in my life for a really long time. Welcome back to the show, Lee. Thanks, Wendy. I know it has been a long time. I was thinking about that the other day. We won't say how many years, because <laughs> glad to be yeah. back. Right. Let's just say our college age kids were in preschool together. So we can we can leave it at that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Lee, we're just a little past the, the middle of the year here. And I thought it would be fun to bring you on and just check in, do a health check on, you know, what are you hearing from clients and from other marketers? What's the vibe out there? So let's just kind of start there and then um, talk about how to tackle the second half of the year. So let's just get in your head a little bit here. So what are you hearing? All right. Well, yes, it's hard to believe it's already Q3 and it's been an interesting year so far, right? It start, we started out the year, there were tech layoffs, there have been mergers and acquisitions. There's an AI tool being released like every other day. GA4s happened. Um, there's so many things just being talked about in the marketing and B2B technology space. And so um, the vibe out there, there's, you know, there's some concerns. There you know, we're hearing things like there's budget cutbacks, um, trends that people are trying to stay on top of. I've heard a few folks talking about going back to old tactics, like buying lists that kind of make me cringe, like, oh, no, let's not go buy lists. Um, and so oh. I think, I know, I know. And I think, you know, there's a tendency to when it's tough to get leads and businesses slow down a little bit. Sometimes there can be that marketing sales friction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we're hearing some of that. Um, and then just, you know, in the end, looking for ways to be more efficient with less time and a tighter budget. So that's kind of the, the place where we're at right now. Yeah. I know um, I've talked to a lot of marketing departments of one and that, that the person in that seat is always stretched really thin. Um, but now I'm hearing, you know, a lot of just stress and unhappiness and people moving around, people being laid off as well. Uh, boy, a lot of layoffs and job changes in, for the better too in the yep. first half. So a lot of stress out there, sadly. Yeah, I think so. And it's like, it's easy in any given day to get kind of waylaid by all of that. But I think, you know, there's some good news coming. There's, you know, there's all these tools and anytime there's a lot of change, there's always this opportunity for new ideas, new ways of doing things. So I feel like we're in this regrouping, re-energizing phase of the year. People are trying to take some vacations. I think that's a great way to kind of tap in uh, to some new energy. And, um, and so I've got a couple of ideas I'm excited to talk about today to really think about how can you set yourself up and your team, if you're a team of one or a team of 10, with some maybe some quick win projects to kind of boost your momentum uh, through the rest of the year. Good. I like that. I feel like we need a boost. It's it's kind of like when you watch the morning news and it's just, you know, violence and, and weather events and all this negativity. And then they'll say, now for your morning boost. So yeah. maybe we could call this episode the marketing boost. I don't know. But um, I like that. Yeah. Boost. Yeah. How can we uh, boost demand, uh, bring sales and marketing back together? Just some quick hit ideas. So that sounds great, Lee. Uh, lay it on me. All right. What's your first idea? Okay. So first idea, um, value proposition and messaging. Sometimes these are things that people work on once every five to 10 years and they kind of sit there um, and things change. All these things have changed like we've talked about. And so I think one thing to do if you've got a little bit of time on your hands is get in your customer's head. That could look like five to 10 customers that you know of, that you want to set up a 10 to 20 minute call and kind of get in their brain and talk to them about why did they originally choose you? Where do they see your strengths? What's working really well right now? Maybe any feedback they might have for things that could improve. Listening really to the voice of your customer is a great way to make sure that everything that you've got in your brand positioning and messaging, your content, your website, is really serving you best. And so that's something that I think can be pretty quick and easy. I know it sounds sometimes daunting. People are like, oh, customer interviews. But uh, when we do this for our clients, you know, and a lot of companies find that having a third party do this for them is helpful. Either maybe they don't have enough time to do it or they don't feel like it's something that's easy for them to do. And sometimes we do find that um, folks will open up to us a little bit more because we're not the person they're working directly with. So there's some value in that. But I think, again, really just thinking about who are a couple of customers you can call and get some thoughtful feedback to. And then once you've got that, really sit down maybe with your leadership team and look at how can you go in and update your messaging and your value proposition. You can start small. It can look like a couple of updates to your homepage. Um, maybe you're adding a couple of new slides in your corporate slide deck, but just a few things to kind of freshen up. Um, your your messaging and really lean on those customers to kind of give you some 
some feedback. And maybe they even say they're open to a case study, right? So it could be a way that you find some new opportunities, some new content ideas. Maybe they want to be on a case study video. Maybe it's just a short uh, quote or testimonial. But I think there's some other tangible pieces that you can get um, from these customer interviews. So that's one. Uh, you know, and it, it also seems like that's a way for marketing to give back to sales and provide them with that insight, help them hone their pitches. So I know that's that's sort of a, a result of, of changing messaging, but even sharing with sales that direct customer feedback, you know, sales gets customer feedback all the time, but it's not framed the same way as these interviews. So seems to me like that's a good uh, way for sales marketing to come together too. And that's a great lead in. So that, that was the next one I was going to talk about oh, is how do you, we talked a little bit about the marketing and sales friction sometimes when, when leads are down or business is a little bit slower. And so this halfway point of the year is a great time to just pull everybody in together, get on a zoom call, however you're working and um, instead of getting into the blame game, just skip all that and jump right to brainstorming solutions. And so what that could look like is a SWOT analysis. So look at your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. Um, look for, are your goals and targets still on track? Or do your quotas still make sense? What content gaps do you have? Are there any new large partners that you're working with where you've got some co-marketing opportunities, maybe some events that you're both going to where you could have a joint booth or a joint um, sponsorship of some kind? So I think really opening that up, acknowledging where there's some challenges, but then really looking at, okay, what do we have that's working in our favor that we can capitalize on? And then, like you said, taking that messaging and then looking at are there new sales enablement pieces that you can create. Um, is there some new webinar that someone on the sales team is feeling really passionate about a particular subject matter, um, a thought leadership topic, maybe it's a new product, maybe it's a new service, but really thinking about, is that something that you could do a short 30 minute webinar on? And then marketing's got something to promote on LinkedIn, on your website. And that can really be a great way um, to, to get some new contacts and leads and opportunities in for sales. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I, I keep thinking back to like the the late 90s and uh, pre-webinars and uh, we used to do a ton of seminars, right? That was like a big deal. It was like lunch and learns, right. and going on site, doing these presentations. And then along came the webinar and it was so convenient. The cost per lead, like you can't touch it, right? It was just so cheap, qualified leads, webinars, you know, were great. Then COVID happened. Everybody maybe abused webinars and email in general. And I I think that as part of that part of that sales and marketing conversation, it might make sense to experiment again on a limited basis with, with seminars and go back to some of these tactics that worked really well in the past that no one's really doing a lot of right now. Um, and I don't I don't see seminars ever coming back to the extent that they used to, because there's a lot of people working virtually, distributed teams, that sort of thing. But in some cases, that might be an interesting tactic to throw into that conversation. I love that idea. And that's that sort of leads into thinking about if things are feeling stagnant or maybe you're not having the same results with webinars that you were having before, or maybe the all the content that you focused on during the pandemic, maybe it's not performing the mm -hmm. same for you um, as it used to. People returning to events. We've had a bunch of algorithm updates that are really shifting um, you know, search results. 
So doing an audit, this can be a great time of year to just audit your content, um, your marketing tools that you're using, your processes, just to see how you can optimize uh, things that you're working on. Um, and I think, you know, what that can look like is, you know, your tools, are your tools working well for you? What pieces of content have you released that are performing really well? How can you maybe repurpose those into some different pieces? What channels are working the best for you right now? I've heard somebody say the other day, uh, one of our clients was saying, we have so much content right now. We need a whole new channel in order to like utilize all this content that we have. And so just a great point of are the same channels delivering for you as they have in the past is maybe, you know, your website, if it's not the, the number one channel for you, um, are there other industry sites? Is LinkedIn performing really well? LinkedIn's got this great sort of newish feature where you can send out newsletters and have subscribers to newsletters on the LinkedIn platform. That's something we've been um, trying out ourselves and seeing some pretty good results with. So I think just looking at, at channel, um, channel optimization is a great thing too. SEO, using an SEO tool and looking for, are there any striking distance terms where you're ranking ahead of your competitors that you can maybe turn into a new mini campaign focus area? And then speaking of optimization, your CRM and your CMS, maybe you haven't updated those in the last couple of years. Maybe you need to do some cleanup there. Um, so that can be a really good project to, to do. And then something I know you're a big fan of, and we've talked about a lot, is looking for industry events and conferences that might be good. Maybe it's one that you haven't been to since before the pandemic or maybe for a decade, right? Is it time to maybe go back there? Are there entirely new ones that have been created that um, you can go walk and look for possibly new leads and new prospects? Yeah, and the answer uh, might not be to have a booth. I, I like that you started right. with attended, you know, go attend, feel it out, you know, schedule a couple meetings, have sales there, whomever. And then maybe the answer is really presenting. It's it's not, I think a lot of people, marketers maybe jump straight to, oh, we have to have a booth. We have to have a sponsorship. And, and that's not a strategic way to look at it necessarily. So yeah. Right. Hey, Leah, yeah. I want to go back to something you mentioned. So you said there've been a lot of algorithm changes. And then you talked also about some companies having an abundance of content, but it's not necessarily performing well. And you talked about the audit. So speak a little bit about the, I guess, a pendulum, pendulum shift between having lots of content and having deeper content. So I know there's been a lot of changes in the SEO front in that regard. Yeah. And it's so hard. I mean, to be fully transparent, it's hard to know. Like it, it used to be that you could kind of look at data and go, okay, if we just do more white papers or we just do more webinars or, oh, our blog results are really great. As I look across, you know, 10 to 20 clients that we're working with right now, I don't see any silver bullets, right? It's really varying based on if you're a product company or you're a service company um, and, and what industries that you're focusing on. But I would say if you've got, you know, a good amount of content, one thing that is always an opportunity and everybody wants to do more of these and they just can't get their heads wrapped around how to do more of them efficiently is video. Um, and video content we've seen in the research that uh, you work on every year, the younger and younger these audiences get, the more and more they're consuming video content. And so sometimes we've had clients who've had a really high performing white paper, maybe they wrote it 10 years ago, 
but it's still really high performing. Looking at turning that into a couple of different uh, video shorts, two to three minutes in length to really try to reach this new audience in a, a form factor that that's really uh, useful to them. So I think, you know, again, this content audit of just look at everything that you have, look at how it's performing for you um, and with your audience. Is it converting the right personas that you're really finding are most valuable to your company? Looking at those and then taking some out that maybe aren't serving you well, right? If you've got so much content in there, that's noise, right? So you kind of want to filter that out and you want to find those kind of golden nuggets of content that have really been performing well. And then how can you kind of turn those into some new pieces, whether those are blogs um, or, but I really feel like videos right now is, is a good place to invest. And there's tools that are making it easier than ever. So Canva is one that we've been using. Um, you know, sometimes the Adobe tools, although they are in the mainstream and they're the tools that all the designers are using, if you've got a small team or a team of one and you're not fully comfortable in Adobe, Canva has a really low barrier to entry. Um, and we've been really surprised at not only how easy it is to use, but the high quality of end product that it produces. So yeah, that's just an idea for making a lot of our resources over to Canva video production. And that seems to be going very well. Yeah. I likely what you said about, it's not about, you know, volume or eyeballs. It's about conversion and really analyzing that piece of content, whether it's video or white paper or whatever, and just making sure that it's producing some results. And um, I know just an anecdote, I'm, I know you'll love that I'm, I internalize this, but you know, for true, we had great traffic on some very general B2B terms, right? On on a few blog posts. And so they were bringing a ton of visitors, but they weren't qualified. They weren't the types of people that we were wanting to attract. They weren't technical companies. So it wasn't serving us well. And so it's uh, retooling that and making sure that you're attracting the right people, not just, you know, the volume doesn't matter so much as having the right people there that are looking to convert. So um yeah. Right. And that's, that'll help you win the algorithm change game too, right? When we talk about, you know, authority and engagement, having the content on your site that people do find from search, they do click on and they do continue engaging in your site as you go will help your website perform better overall and, and hopefully help you get more leads from your web channel. What do you, what are some of your favorite metrics that you're using during these audits to, to really dig in? Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them. You can almost get into analysis paralysis. And it's funny because I've just been pulling all the metrics reports um, for our clients for uh, the end of the quarter here. But domain authority, I feel like is always something that we're wanting to see the needle move on. And it's, you know, it's, it's a logarithmic scale. So it's not going to move greatly quarter to quarter. But just seeing that trend continue up just kind of shows that, that Google sees that you have you know, authority in certain places that you're seen as having expertise and people are coming and engaging with your content and staying on your site. So domain authority, I think is great. Um, and what that could look like um, for individual content is page authority. So if you have different pages on your site where you may have more authority than others, sometimes if you've been around for 10 or 20 years and you've got some really old pieces of content on your site, you might have a lot of authority for something that was super important to you 10 or 20 years ago and is not part of your business today. And so it can be hard to think about, I don't want to lose that page authority there, but you want to make sure you're creating new content for your new focus areas with that new messaging 
that we talked about, and that just takes time and energy. So really kind of focusing in uh, on a couple of key, key pieces to help kind of boost those metrics. Um, you know, with GA4, there's, it's kind of all new terminology in terms of what this looks like. We always talked about it's, you know, it's web session, it's time on site, um, and then it's the engagement and conversion from somebody coming to that web page, and then are they converting um, kind of to a next step? I think those are still, whatever their new names are and the new terminology, I haven't gotten it all down yet, <laughs> but those are still kind of the key metrics, I think, to track yeah. and look at in that audit. No, that engagement, I, I think we'll be hearing a lot of that word in the coming years. Uh, Lee, uh, you talked about uh, domain authority. And one of, one of the things I wanted to mention on that was, you know, it's, it's not just about demonstrating your expertise on your site, but also how can you show authority by having the same author or the same subjects connected to your company in other places, right? And, and that's part of that, we believe that's part of that authority algorithm is as far as the SEO experts can know, because Google's not telling you everything, but uh, right. something for people to keep in mind. The linking absolutely of plays into that domain authority. And so that's it too. And that kind of ties back to that co-marketing, right? If you're able to get um, authoritative links on other people's sites. We know, you know, any academic sites are great for that, or they have been in the past. Um, and then these larger brands um, who have a higher domain, that's authority is also a great way to help, help boost your domain authority. Yeah. What about social? Any quick hits or thoughts on, or distractions that people should avoid on social? What are your are, are, oh my god! You have your uh, your new account set up on Threads yet? <laughs> I do. In fact, Jennifer, Aaron, and I last week on our call, we we set up Threads. If you're already on Instagram, it's super easy because it just trans you know it just transitions your Instagram uh, account straight on to to Threads. You don't even have to do any setup. So it, it is almost like if if Instagram and Twitter had a baby, it would be Threads. Um, I think everybody's on there trying to kind of figure out how to get into it. I have seen a lot of celebrities and um, larger companies on there. I ha I'm not really seeing it in the B2B space yet. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, we're still posting occasionally to Twitter, but we're really not seeing anywhere near the return on that that we were seeing, you know, two to five years ago. But LinkedIn, I would say far and away is just becoming more and more the go-to um, social media channel, those video shorts. So we talked about if there's easier approachable tools to use to create video, I think having like a couple of video shorts animation that could even look like animated um, slides, but I think any kind of motion and anything that's really stressing pain points and solutions versus selling. I know you've probably seen this too um, within LinkedIn and within even emailing. I am just seeing so much more um, cold sales outreach than ever before. Yeah. Um, and so I think counterbalancing some of that out with, you know, not talking about you and your service and how great you are, but more of how you understand the pain that's out there right now and how there's solutions to solve them, educating people on trends and new ways of doing things. I think those are the the types of social media posts that I think are getting the most traction right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Um, any other quick hits we haven't hit upon yet? 
I mean, just the last one, you know, we talked, you brought up seminars. Um, we talked about webinars. We talked about going to maybe walking some new events. If you are going to an event or maybe you have a new product launching this fall, thinking about a mini campaign, if you, if you're down on staff or you don't have time to do a full campaign like you normally would for an event or a product launch, maybe don't stress yourself out. You can think small. So think about, is there one piece of lead generating content, like a white paper that you could use for that campaign, maybe a blog post in a case study, something small, and then arming your team with a playbook of like, okay, here's what we're going to focus on at this event. Here's who's going to be there. Here's the goals setting some, some outreach before the event to maximize the return on that event. Um, same for the product launch, just thinking small maybe in, and keeping it approachable and achievable versus not doing something because it just feels too big. So I think right now um, it doesn't have to be all the bells and whistles maybe that it's been before. If you don't have time for that, it's okay. It's okay to go small. Yeah, yeah. But also a reminder, it's okay to go small, but still have a strategy, still use campaigns, have things be integrated, have them working together. I think the the worst waste of time and money is to just go straight into channels and tactics without having that unifying message and goals and all the great things that campaign containers do uh, for for process and you know that sort of thing. A hundred percent. I strategy, just execution, and just throwing good money after bad is never a winning tactic. So I agree. Whatever you're doing, whether it's small or large, always start with strategy first. Yeah, great. Well, um, as we look on at least the true marketing calendar for the next couple of months, we're going to be on the road a lot. Uh, there's yes. upcoming uh, conferences to attend, right, Lee? Yes. So that is so great to mention because there's, we talked about so many marketing trends, right, to stay on top of. We talked about AI. Um, we talked about um, GA4 there's so many things. And so no. <laughs> True's got you covered. We're going to be um, at Maycon. I think that's coming up here um, in a couple of weeks. We're going to be at MozCon, learning all about SEO trends. We're going to be at Content Marketing World um, in Washington, D.C. in late September and early September. We're going to be at HubSpot Inbound. And so we're going to be coming back on here and having different team members talk about what they're seeing, trends that are coming up, and then ways to take advantage of those as you move into Q4 and, dare I say, 2024, because it'll be here before we know it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well <laughs> if those of you listening are attending any of those events and you want to meet up, we'd love to get to know more of our industrial marketing community and connect with you guys. So reach out and we'll, we'll get you hooked up with whoever's going to be at that particular event. So... It's going to be fun. And Lee, I, I feel a little happier than how we started this conversation <laughs> off. So uh, I appreciate you sharing these quick hit ideas. And yeah. if people want to learn more and connect with you, how can they do that? Yes, you can find me uh, Lee Lambert Chapman on LinkedIn, or you can reach out to me at Lee at truemarketing.com. Easy enough. And it's L-E-E -E, that is the spelling right. of Lee's name. So That's great. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me on, Wendy. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to resources, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While there, you can subscribe to our blog and our newsletter and order a copy of my book, Content Marketing Engineered. 
Also, I would love your reviews on this podcast. So please, when you get a chance, subscribe and leave me your review on your favorite podcast subscription platform. Thanks and have a great day.